concern here. This world is no paradise. 
world is bent on destruction. This world is crying out for renewal. But you get to glimpse the question is how. How does that renewal work take place? And that's what I want to preach to you about this afternoon. It's about
the most man's ability to do that. After all, look at where man has come from and at what he has accomplished so far.
deals with a relationship, a covenant is a relationship of love. And Adam knew very well how that relationship came about. God has given it to him. He has given him a privileged position in his creation. So Adam also knew about the responsibility that he had over him and God. He knew about the second part of the covenant, namely that God began to lead see his own interests at the expense of someone else, including God. Man originally had all those qualities before the fall, without fail. That is how God created him. The Catechism only mentions righteousness and holiness. But those two are not exhaustive. Many other qualities could be mentioned. For not only did he make man righteous and holy, he also endowed man with wisdom, with knowledge, with intellect, with imagination, with sight, and hearing, and speech, and all the other qualities which even now we still recognize in man. God gave man these qualities so that he could truly serve him over all his creation. So what happened? Well, Adam and Eve gave the reins over to the devil. They were supposed to rule over the animal, but he gave the rule over to the serpent, instigated by Satan. Adam and Eve allowed an animal to dictate how they should act. In order to test them, God had told them that they could eat of every tree in the garden except one. And he told them that if they did that, they would die. subject to death. And what is death? Eternal death is being cut off from God. It is not to have a relationship with him. It is to be totally abandoned by him. That is a horrible fate. Satan wanted Adam and Eve to have an optimistic view of their position and ability. He told them that God did not really need them to warn them. Instead, they would be able to be like God good and evil, they would be equal to him. With Satan whispering in their ears, Adam and Eve fooled themselves into thinking that they had power and abilities within themselves, that they could move God wherever he wanted, that they could keep God out of the picture. Fallen man continues to think that today. That is why the environmentalists of today are as optimistic as they are. They think like fallen Adam and Eve, that they can have control over this creation. They even think that they themselves can be the saviors of this world. 
How does modern man want to accomplish that? How does he want to save this world? Well, he wants to do that by misrepresenting the truth. By deceiving. By exaggerating. By manipulating. By crushing the opposition. By exploiting weakness. By bullying and putting working men on the defensive. This is not just the modus operandus way of doing things of the environmentalists, but that is the MO of all men. You and I, we are prone to behave like that as well. And that is because we are part of that fallen race, brothers and sisters. By nature, we are very ambitious. Ambitious for ourselves. We want to make a name for ourselves. And we want to have as much comfort as we can have. And we look for these things within the confines of this fallen world. But when God made man in his image, in his likeness, he did so so that he can rule over this earth and all his creatures and live accordingly for God's sake, for his glory. God's image means that man is supposed to conduct himself in the way that God does. In righteousness and holiness. In accordance with his standards. What are those standards? Well, look at how God cares for his creation. David writes about that, for example, in Psalm 145. Verses 10 and 11. He says there about the Lord God, says that he grieved that he had put man in charge of it. Let's look at that for example. Genesis 6 verse 5. The Lord God saw how great the wickedness of the human race 
every incarnation of the prophet of the human heart for hoping all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made that he had made human beings on the earth and their heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground that I have set and that I have made. And it is no wonder, brothers and sisters, that this earth as we now know it is going to be destroyed again. This time by fire. Because after the flood, man was just as sinful as before. And that is what Romans 8 describes when it says that it is now in bondage to decay. Man is still exploiting God's wonderful creation for his own selfish ends. He exploits God's beautiful world for his own advantage. God gave man the ability to rule. He gave him the ability to think and to explore his creation. And that's what man has been doing. Look at the advances we have seen in science. Mind-boggling. Look at the medical advances that have been made with the many intricate tools and medicines that man was able to come up with. What about all these other technological advances such as instant communication, large machines to dig deep into the earth, buildings that reach into the ground, rockets that fly into space. God gave man the ability to be able to do all those things. And God created all those resources that man manipulates so that we could discover them and so that we could experience the beauty that he had made. But what does man do? He uses his abilities in order to bring glory to his own name, in order to serve his own purposes. Man is just as arrogant as he ever was. With his God-given abilities to think that he is now capable by creating the universe, says, look at what we can do. Brothers and sisters, what the earth, this world cannot be changed, cannot be saved, except if man's heart is changed. And therefore, and especially at this point, that fourth group of priests speaks not only of the corruptness of man, but also about the regeneration that does take place. The catechism asks the question, but are we so corrupt that we are unable to do any good and inclined to all evil? And the answer is yes, unless we are regenerated by the Spirit of God. It's wonderful that here in the midst of dealing with our sin and misery, the catechism comes to the point of our gener regeneration. Do you know what regeneration means? Well, it is related to the word genesis. Genesis means birth. And that's also what generation means. And so regeneration means rebirth, renewal. How do you think that that rebirth, that renewal is 
that's going to take place. Is that going to take place in the way that the environmentalists envisage it? By no longer exploiting the earth and using its resources? By going to back to the land and living in harmony with nature? Brothers and sisters, there is no harmony in nature. That ceased when Satan became the ruler of this world. It ceased to live. Paul said that creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. He is speaking here about mankind. Mankind is responsible for the demise of this world. Satan rules in the hearts of all unrepentant men. He rules in the hearts of the environmentalists and in the hearts of the greedy corporations and the people who run them. The solution does not lie with man. The solution lies with God. That was the case then and that's the case now. And that is the only hope that we have for this present world which is subject to frustration, as Paul says. Paul speaks about the hope in Romans 8. He says that the hope is that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. How will this creation be liberated and renewed? why he sent his son. He sent his son to redeem you. That was also the promise he made right after fallen into sin. He said at that time that the seed of the woman will crush the head of Satan. The seed of the woman refers ultimately to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who would crush him. Which he did. Defeated Satan on Golgotha. imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live the life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You and I, we have to be fragrant offerings and sacrifice. That's what we have to be in this world. We all know it when we come into contact. The Lord God loves his Therefore, he tells us to live a life of love. A life of love to all that he has created. And that means that we can enjoy his creation to the fullest. That's why he gave it to us. We can use everything that he has put on this earth for our well-being. But that also means that we may not exploit it for our own selfish ends that God holds us responsible for the way that we use everything that he has given to us and that we give him the glory. Now we only have a small beginning of the obedience that God requires from us. We know what God wants. But we have such
such a hard time putting it into practice. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't influence the world around us. All of man has to be regenerated. That is to say, he has to be renewed by the Spirit of God. He has to know what God's plan for his creation is and for us in it. And therefore, we have a role to play, to rule. The only hope for this world is that we live lives for God's glory. May we live lives that shows the great hope that is within us. For listen to what God promises us. He promises us that his world is no longer going to be in pain as a woman in childbirth. He promises us that the time is coming that his whole world is going to be made totally new. the effects of sin in your own body, especially when you are full of disease, when you realize the frailty of your own existence, when you have to deal with the sickness of loved ones, yes, then you know about the great hope that God gives you. This world is going to become indestructible. And we are going to live on this earth with an indestructible body. And that is the hope that Paul speaks about here in Romans 8. And that is the hope we must hang on to as we live in this sinful world full of pain and sorrow and decay. But it is a beautiful world, isn't it? And it is beautiful because God made it. And because he made you and me part of it. Throughout Scripture, God gives us vivid images that the earth and the heavens will be changed like the garden at Tobit. That God will create new heavens and a new earth, including a new Jerusalem. He tells us in Isaiah 35 that the desert will bloom like the crocus and so display the glory of the Lord. In Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 65, that wild and domestic animals will coexist in peace, and that even the most ferocious and poisonous creatures will neither harm nor destroy throughout God's world. That, beloved, is a picture that God gives us of the new world. That is the hope he gives us. And he is going to bring that about man, though he can't. Brothers and sisters, let us rejoice that God has given us such a privileged position in that wonderful creation of his. Let us rejoice that he changes our corrupt nature into a new nature. And that because of Jesus Christ, we may be in harmony with him and in all his creation. Yes, we have been recreated, renewed, regenerated in God's image. Because of him, we may have that image back again. And we may be God's representatives here on earth. Do you know what a responsibility that gives to you and to me? Do you realize how we must use God's resources that he's put
sent at our disposal and how we must also teach others to do that. God gives you a duty. A beautiful role in this creation to fulfill. And so, use your position as God's children to bring glory and show others what it means to have that great hope in you. Brothers and sisters, do that in this coming week in the coming month, do it all the days of your lives. Bring glory to God's name. Amen.